In a world where heresy blankets the airwaves, religious stuffed shirts suck the life out of Sunday morning, and prosperity teachers rob grandmothers of their pensions, three unassuming ministers endeavor to shine the light of biblical theology and put the fun back in fundamentalism. Broadcasting live from the Hall of Dogma... Brought to you this week by Carnival, Royal Caribbean, and other cruise ships I am currently not on. Welcome into episode 39 of the Gospel Friends. I am Reverend Bitter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Nick. I'm Emmanuel. All right, well, or, or Reverend Verbage, but I just thought I would go with the more apt name. Oh, look, this week. it's accurate, apparently. So, uh, episode 39, Chase is not here. Captain Crunchy is currently sailing the. Seven Seas, or at least one of them, with uh, friends and family and in celebrating his 20th anniversary with his wife. So congratulations to them. And we are so happy for him. Really, we are. Three-fourths of us are happy for him. I, I'm happy for him. Just I don't think you are. It's like 30 here, and he's currently on a cruise ship. Now, that's a valid frustration. The, like, this weekend has been nasty weather-wise. But 70s. look at it this way. Does Chase really know how to have a good time anyway? <laughs> That's true. So it's not like well, it's... Well, look, he's away from everyone he knows, so he can finally have an alcoholic beverage and admit it. That is that, true. That's true. That's true. He, this probably, counts as his first beer of the year. Yeah, this probably, this might be his first beer of the year. That he'll acknowledge. So he's got three more left after. By the way, we have to make this an outstanding show because um, my daughter walked up to me before the podcast today as we were getting done at the HOD church this morning. She said, Daddy, how are y'all going to do a podcast without Mr. Chase being here? So... What she doesn't realize is you and I could man the podcast for hours. Yes. And say I nothing. I was, but I was quite offended. We could get a show out. All right. So a special, uh, special treat this week. Obviously, we have the general in studio. But, you know, we've been doing this hall monitor segment, um, some of our shows this year, where we bring in uh, guests uh, that are active in the Hall of Dogma on Facebook, which Nick will tell you about in just a moment. And this week, we actually have the uh, privilege of having our hall monitor guest in studio for the entire show. We are joined this week by Hall of Dogma member and also elder at the HOD Church, Mr. John Talley. John, welcome into the show, buddy. Yay! Everybody's cheering. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Hi. Freebird. All right, so, John, we we don't have a name for Do not you. not give him that open door this early in the show. I, I don't know how Emmanuel has not named you yet, but at some point, Emmanuel has to, I, has to name you. I rarely name anyone, apparently. People are just lining up for names, and I just, I don't, I don't do it. Look, right now, I'm putting Freebird on the board. Freebird. Oh, so, wow. <laughs> so, John, tell us a little bit about yourself just so people know uh, kind of where you're coming from. Okay. Uh, I am the worship pastor here at the Holy Dogma Church. Uh, been married for 21 years, got two little girls. Uh, I tend to be the one who, out of the elders at the church, makes people nervous <laughs> because, because everyone else is staunchly more conservative than I am, even though I'm as Baptist as Paul was Jewish. And yeah, that's that's about me. So here's the thing about John that's, that's awesome. going to make this show interesting. John is John is the guy that so at the at the HOD church, several of us will run right up to the line and stop. John barrels past us, knocks us down on his way over the line, and then stops and turns around and says, "Hey guys." <laughs> you know, come on. So now my nickname so, is going to be Stop Sign. Where you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's gonna. this is going to be an interesting show. Um, but John is joining us uh, as a special guest, and also it is uh, your birthday. Yes. 
So happy, happy birthday to John, well, which you. got an impromptu happy birthday this morning, which is pretty. Oh funny. yeah, that wasn't cool. embarrassing or anything at all this morning. It you was know, pretty. Awesome. Everybody knowing that I just turned twenty nine, and <laughs> really, there you're you playing go. that card. There you go, twenty nine. All right. Well, if you want to check us out, uh, the interesting dynamic we're putting forth about the Hall of Dogma here. It's a Facebook group. It is a closed group, but we'll allow anyone to join as long as you aren't a goober. Um, we have not had to kick anyone out yet, although Chase and David tried. Um, if you want to get there, you can <laughs> go to I'm Hall still of- here. <laughs> <laughs> you go to hallofdogma.com or facebook.com slash group slash Hall of Dogma. We've also got a Twitter feed if you are a Twitter person, uh, twitter.com slash mygospelfriends. And if you want to kind of leave us voice correspondence, uh, the hall has really kind of <laughs> taken a lot of that uh, by storm. But you can leave us a voicemail, 205-575-9735. Or if uh, long distance is an issue, speak pipe. John, you're looking at me with an interesting look. Nick. Hey. You, your voice when you do Oh, the, my God. That, that is so... It started already. It's so nice. It's our It's velvety already. smooth. I do what I can, John. So, <laughs> look, the, the, the never... issues I've had earlier in the week really undermine the ladies' man voice. Emmanuel, could you could you tell us how to get to speakpipe.com for me? Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you can leave a, a voicemail at 205 that is perfect. That's uh, awesome. Okay, I'm just listening. I'm no, listening. That's awesome. Uh, you know, David, please save me. No, this is a, this is a runaway train. Is what this is going to be today. So I do like that song. That's awesome. I'm not sure. Uh, just a second, we're going to do. Um, what were you thinking? And uh, we also uh, think we're going to have a, a game this week by Nick, so that'll be fun. Uh, Emmanuel, you have a topic coming up. You want to give us a little snapshot of what we got on tap for today? Two words: worldly saints. Worldly Saints. Is that an oxymoron? All right. We'll find out later. And we're also going to do a little big deal, little deal. I'm going to steal Chase's segment while he's gone this week and show that we can do this without him. And uh, we're going to do some big deal or little deal based on articles that you guys posted in the Hall of Dogma on Facebook this week. Um, And uh, we'll see how that goes. Chase, I'm just playing, buddy. We miss you. Yeah, my tongue is numb from biting it whenever you were saying that. We miss Um, you, man. We miss you. So let's do a little, uh, what were you thinking to get started this week? Um, just uh, now, this is, um, John, I'm going to have to ask you right off the bat, buddy. Just be cautious. Yeah. We're going to have to We're gonna have to be cautious. Now, look, wait a minute. Before you do this, I want you to see, you know, it's episode 39, and I got to looking, and scripture, scripture, oh Psalms 39 says, it says, to the chief musician. <laughs> I said, I will guard my ways lest I sin with my tongue. Yeah, God got my attention. So okay, I'm, good. All I'm right, being cautious. All right, so here we go. Awesome. I, I did, this, is, this, this first article is interesting to me. When I saw it, I thought, well, I, you know, we need to talk about this, but uh, it is, uh, it's a landmine. So, um, so here we go. The, uh, there's a fad, uh, the latest fad among bodybuilders. I don't know if you guys have heard about this. Uh, you know, bodybuilders are always looking for the nutrition and, and those uh, – kind of uh, shortcuts to uh, building the best physique they can. There is a craze among bodybuilders right now um, that will help. Uh, they are convinced they're going to help them gain muscle mass quicker. And it is... Uh, David, you did this to yourself. Yes, it is uh, drinking human milk. Title of this article is Drinking Breast Milk, the Latest Craze Among Bodybuilders Looking to Bulk Up. Have you guys, you guys heard about this? John? He almost passed out. 
Hmm. It, uh, unbelievable how many fitness fanatics out there believe that drinking human milk is the ultimate way to gain muscle and are willing to go to any lengths to buy as much as they can. A simple Google search reveals dozens of online forums and articles about this growing tr- trend, including a thread on bodybuilding.com that actually hails human milk as the greatest supplement ever. And so there are websites where if you are a bodybuilder, you can go and make a purchase. Apparently, um, there are human milk banks that will pay people, women, up to $1,200 a month. Glad you stipulated women. Yeah, $1,200 a month um, to um, provide milk to the banks so that the bodybuilders can make their purchase. That is not bad. $1,200. Look, when I was in college, I donated plasma for like 200 bucks a month. All right, you here, know, so 1200 that's, you know. Here's what I'm – yes, Sean? I, I, I'm not going to run over the stop sign. <laughs> but so, so John went to say John, something. John, John went to say something in front of himself. He went to say something, and then he, he, he clammed up real quick. So, But let me, let me also add the caveat that we are the only species on the planet that, that actively drink the lactation from another species. And, but if it was from our own, we freak out. That's a good point. Well, we don't freak out when we're young, but we do freak out later. About yeah. it. So here, here's my word. here's my thinking. If if you had a husband and wife who were married, okay, and you lived in that state where they paid you for your your um, your number two, y'all remember that? Mm-hmm. What were you thinking? Article? Do you remember that, Nick? Yeah. That was, so well, I remember it. I you could make not to. They would pay you every day to come and make a deposit of um, of waste. So if the if the husband every day went and sold number two, and, please, please come back and the, <laughs> and well, and you took your dog and you had free Wi Fi. Oh, that's right, free <laughs> oh Wi Fi with the dog poop. That's right, we did that one last week. And then you had the 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 wife who maybe made the twelve hundred dollars a month from you know helping the bodybuilders out. You have a full time job. They, look, that's all you have to do. I mean, you're you're literally making money doing the things that that God created you to do anyway. Yeah, and there's like I said, you could donate some plasma, some other bodily fluids. <laughs> this you would could, be the wrong time to say something about making a crap load of money, huh? You could uh, <laughs> you could do pretty good. Edit point. Edit point number one. <laughs> and it wasn't my fault. That's awesome. I just want you to keep this story in mind, Nick, when we get to your game in a moment. <laughs> Laugh it up, fuzzball. Okay, so would you guys, if y'all were bodybuilders, would you? Oh, I'm building a body. It's just not that kind. No. Well, Look, I mean, I'm just saying, if you became convinced this was a, a good supplement. I don't under and, – and there was a time when I was in college where I did lift weights and I put on like 30 pounds of muscle. Um, can't tell by looking at me now. But I didn't take anything. I just – I did protein shakes. <laughs> Just regular old milk and protein, whey protein and lifted weights. I, weird bodybuilding guy scares me. Like <laughs> Weird bodybuilding guys. I know some weird bodybuilding guys, and it's just something is wrong with them. Uh, I wouldn't do it. And, I, and I've tasted breast milk. It's not good. Yeah. Um, Emmanuel? 
So there's a story there. Look, I'm not, I'm not uh, going to go into the circumstances. I'm just going to say it didn't taste good. That's all I'm saying. Okay, we're going to file. Just, real quick question. How many children do you and your wife have? We don't have any children. Okay. This, is, this is before I was married. Um, all right, we're, we're going to file this. So there is a <laughs> – we are getting ready to roll out a um, Gospel Friends behind-the-scenes newsletter that you subscribe to. And we're going to give you all the behind-the-scenes things that we talk about and can't say on the air. And the first episode, we've already promised, first edition is going to have Chase's dog story. The second edition is going to have that story. Are we voting on this? No, I just, I'm making a call. You don't okay. want this story. And I, <laughs> no, I'll just say that now. Well, for $19.99 a month, people might. If I get a cut, I'll tell the story. Okay. <laughs> I'm missing Chase on this article because this is one that would have made him cringe. Yeah, oh, Chase would, be would have been in the floor over there. Yeah, you guys are just kind of yeah. – y'all are just taking it and, you know it, – it's, it's a good – Y'all aren't really phased, but Chase would have been curled up in the fetal position in I mean, the corner. It's, I mean, mother's milk is a it's a good thing. It's, it is. It's naturally uh, – God made it. Naturally sterile. So, I mean, I, I think it probably has good qualities. Vitamins. Um, yeah, but – Minerals, nutrition. Why? Just take some HGH and get on with your life. There, are, there are ladies getting on Craigslist and and marketing themselves. How legal is it? I guess know, it's I like a couple of years ago there was the a lady FDA in New going to get involved. Uh, there was a, a, a restaurant in New That's York true, in where the, the guy had his wife expressing, and he was making cheese out of it and selling it in a restaurant, and they shut him down because it wasn't legal. Yeah. Well, the FDA will get involved. In, I mean, do you have yeah. to, hey, honey, I need to go have you go and have yourself pasteurized for me. <laughs> well, I'm not even going to bring up this story I saw last week about yogurt, and I'll just leave that alone. So, All right. Um, I think we're just going to end. What were you thinking there, Nick? Um, you have a game for us, buddy, according to the show doc. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. Um, in honor of the topic that just has not been able to uh, get off our radar the last few weeks, we've got, uh, is it from Fifty Shades of Grey or the Song of Solomon? How well do you know your Bible? So, I think, um, Nick, that may not be a great idea. Really, Mother's Milk Man? <laughs> <laughs> so, here's kind of behind the scenes. So, Nick, Nick came with a game today. And um, right before the show, Nick was like, hey, why don't you read through these 10 <laughs> questions that, that I have for the game, which the, were actual quotes from Song yes. of Solomon and Fifty Shades. And, and you, we gave the quote, and you had to, to guess which it was from, Song of Solomon or and, – and by the end, I was blushing, <laughs> which takes a lot. Yes. And, um, and then we shared it with the other guys. And so Emmanuel's quote was, because we were trying to figure out whether or not yes. Nick, Nick, was, Nick had some questions about whether or not when we I should go through it. earlier in the week, it was funnier. And then as it, I read it today, I went, hold on. Just let me let, me let this. And, and so Emmanuel was the voice of reason. And he said, when in doubt, leave it out. Yes. And there was enough doubt. So. Yeah. So we're not, we're not doing. So the, the thing that Nick was supposed to do this week um, has been censored. And. And he can't, he can't do it. So hashtag free Nick guys will be all over this. You should do two this. versions of the podcast, like a PG-13 version <laughs> and, and and rated R to rate. With or without a claim tag. You know, uh, mature audiences only version of the podcast for those Christians who are very, very, uh, well, I won't call names. So <laughs> <laughs> I will say, though, it, I, I will say it was it was I think I blushed more 
over the Song of Solomon quotes than I did the Fifty Shades. Oh, yeah. It's the referral yeah. to the goat. You're, you're, no. Your no. hair is like a goat. No. <laughs> what do you have against fawns? I don't – look, I'm just saying – I'm just saying if you're – if. I really was more. I was really more concerned about the out of context song of Solomon verses than I was the well, not even out of context. Just I was about to say I mean, they're not out that, of context. That's the context. I mean, that's the context. So uh, and so, but Nick, I, I do think you should. Do you have something to give us in in um, in place of the the game? I do. We um, get all the uh, the director. Um, he warned us this was coming, and. Um, it was it was brought about by the idea of creeds and confessions, and he developed what he's calling it's his first draft of our dogmatics, and it's it's basically for better or worse the uh, creeds and confessions of the Hall of Dogma. So this is our first draft. Um, I, I would love you know if you're not in the Hall of Dogma, if you're on Twitter or listening, I'd, I'd love some feedback on this. But I, I'm just gonna go through this real quick. Our dogmatics by the director, our first draft. We believe in Jesus and he alone saves. Amen. In truth and memes to light the way. In <laughs> memes. Shout out to Chris Atwood and um, Funky Stick Man and others. In truth spoken in love, unless sarcasm serves a better play. Emmanuel. <laughs> All right. Uh, in cereal, sugary, sweet, boxes emailed to the elite. Yeah, really. Yeah, you really don't. No one gets cereal. Yeah. We, we pretend you get cereal, but it's you really promise, don't. but. No yeah. cereal has ever maybe maybe one day when we have money. In Bernard, unable to be defined, in our hearts special, in our minds divine. Good old Bernard. If you are uh, late to the show, you go back and find the Buying Bernard podcast. Um, can't remember the episode and, and listen in. You learn who Bernard is. Okay, and I, I was reading this one to make sure I said it right. In three unassuming ministers. Our weeks always start unless something else is more important than we save it for latter wisdom to impart. And let me just say this about that, because I have a long commute on Mondays and I it's like I'm looking forward to the podcast because, OK, good. I can I can drive this commute listen to the podcast on the way there and the way back. And then sometimes you, you wake up. No podcast and you wait and you wait. And then when Nick gets around to it, <laughs> it's 7 p.m. I had to listen to the Reform Pubcast on the way to work. And Who? I'm sorry. Wow, David. Thank you for that. Um, so, so I actually know who the Reform Pubcast is. I know. I'm just kidding. So. I, I, I've listened. I, I, I don't listen to their podcast just because I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. It was kind of ironic. But um, I, I do think highly of their of their show. It's all right. I like it. That that's few and far between. I you like them, like say. but you do not like. Um, which one is it? That I you like the care? podcast. I don't. I I like disagree with them like half the time, but yeah. that's usually who I listen to. People I disagree with. It was but, relevant. You kind of struggle with right. <sighs> relevant podcast. Yeah, relevant. I just didn't get it. Like it was just very. I don't know. I didn't get it. Yeah. I don't I, like, I haven't, I haven't and I don't like re- relevant magazine. Um, is that a little? Is it a little liberal? They on the liberal side? I think any anybody who uses the word relevant yeah. <laughs> or names something relevant, I assume is a liberal. It's not necessary. I don't know that they are. I just I, I remember just, when they first launched the magazine, I, I was there at um they launched it and it was I was a catalyst one year. Um, another liberal organization. And they were launching and they were giving away free magazines and I was like, Okay, free magazines. I was like and I looked through and I was like, This is not directed at me. 
<laughs> See, I can't figure out what their audience is because I've got they um, millennials who don't know crap about anything. Well, and especially it, the Bible. Well, and I'm wondering if they don't want to. My hope was they were trying to be evangelistic with it, and so meet people part way. But it does seem to be that kind of more uh, emergent church agenda kind of thing. It just it makes me nervous. Yeah, it's not for me. I, I don't. You know, people might like it, and that's cool. Um, I've actually read some stuff that was pretty good in the magazine before, but it's very, well, and, it's and very squishy. To be fair, I've only, I've, only, good I've only picked up one or two of the relevant magazines, and I just read some things in there that I, that made me wonder if they were a little bit left leaning. But that that that's just uh, again, I have no, I have a very small um, example, uh, you know, two samples to actually yeah. go from, so they may not be at all. Um, I want Nick to go f- finish run through the dogmatics now that we're done with our podcast review, but. <laughs> I do want to give a shout-out and some credit to Nathan Martin because Nathan um, is the one who actually – that part of the dogmatics about sarcasm. Um, his original quote, which he made into a T-shirt and posted from custominc.com, uh, you could actually go buy the T-shirt if you wanted to. But, Are you serious? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he, he awesome. made up a quick T-shirt. It says, uh, Hall of Dogma. We speak the truth in love. Unless sarcasm is an option, then always sarcasm. So, I thought that was really good. So yeah, true. You, you can go buy the uh, the shirt, uh, but if you're just buying one, if you're just buying one, it's a little pricey. So, okay. Um, but yeah. I, I think maybe in the um, second edition of the Gospel Friends shirt, that's look. It's that that may be a, a, a good option. Well, do we have funny. a first? Well, you're, you're still working on the first. Yeah. Um, well, well, that and slogans. That and we're also. The, oh yeah, we're, we have it. Maybe that's it. Yeah. Maybe that's go. it. That's Let's what I'm saying. Okay. What, um, what, dogmatics. In the hall, the dogma pound, it shall be called, filled with confessing dogma pounders in their lives. Upon this, they stake their marks. Dogma pounders. I just can't. <laughs> I don't even, I can't. I just let it go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Nobody's coming with anything better. I hadn't tried to, um, although I probably could. It, it's not the dogma. I mean, the dogma pound I get. And yeah, I, but I'm once fine. you start saying when pounders. You start, yeah, when you start well, saying dogma pounders. People I'm, do pound their dogma in there. I mean, it, it happens. I've been known to pound a little dogma. David, okay. David won't tell you, but he really wants the dogmaniacs. <laughs> oh, wow. Hey, I like That's that That's probably true. I like that. The dogmaniacs. I like it. What are you going to do, brother? <laughs> when the general, the director, and the rest of the HOD run wild on you. That is. <laughs> in Captain Crunchy, we trust his words, thoughtful, encouraging, and always said in pastoral tones. I, what? I mean, I read that, and I was like, how did Chase come off as the grand yeah. poobah sitting on top of the mountain giving out wisdom? I thought Tony was laying it on kind of thick there. Yeah, because listen to mine. Go, go, go to mine. In red verbiage, his games, facts, cats, children, and such, always almost too much. So I, I'm the court jester. Jester. I wouldn't say Not court jester. Jester. I don't, I don't think gesture. stealing cats is very funny, though. I've made a gesture at you a time <laughs> or two. Did y'all see Chris Atwood post that meme of me this week? <laughs> it was like somebody kidnapping somebody, and the meme said, you're a McConnell now. Come with me. <laughs> and I laughed. Look, the, but it was close to being the being picture of the line. cat in the box or whatever. That was a bowl. bowl yeah. one, that one, that that one only good. when I first saw it. Who, who posted that? I thought that was Atwood. Was that Lee? Lee? Oh, I think it may have been Lee. He, he was, was the only Lee. one who got my joke. It was Lee, and yeah. he, he didn't know if he was being offensive or funny. Yeah. I thought it was both. And all right, so read Look, yours. What was yours? In Nuclear Nick, his words soft, sometimes silent, and very few. <laughs> that is beautiful. That's true. So so Chase is 
the wisdom master. I'm the uh, the joker, and you're the strong but silent. It's about right. Nick and Bernard are saying the same thing, basically. <laughs> yes, and the general, he's right, not you. <laughs> <laughs> that that was funny. I'm right, not you. Well, look, and it's funny because I don't really think of myself as a know-it-all. I'm opinionated, but like. Now, what was the thing you posted this week? It was was it Chris Atwood, I think, who asked, "Okay, worst date ever, um, go." And then you were like, "Well, I really haven't had a lot of bad dates because you know, well, I'm there, so I'm it can't a, be all that bad." I'm a very accomplished dater. I'm good at it. I'm not good at much. That's one of the things I am good. Chris, at. Chris has been on fire lately. By the way, he owned me with the okay. Right now, drop a selfie. Yeah, he's been he's been in the zone. That was he he's 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 been he, he's been uh, on it lately. All right, shout-out to the director. Good job, Tony. Also, shout-out to the director because uh, he accepted my challenge to post 72 times in the Hall of Dogma in one hour, and he did, and he numbered them all. They were some posts, some comments, but um, 72 times in one hour. And uh, so good job, Tony. Box of imaginary cereal headed your way. He How many boxes of cereal do we owe people? Tons. I think you ought to just stop saying we're going to send people cereal and just say we're going to buy cereal. You know, people make d- donations on somebody's behalf. Like I'm going to make a donation to your sh- to the charity of your choice. That's funny. Yeah, we're going to eat a box of cereal uh, on your behalf, but we're not going to actually send it to you because postage is is high. That that look. I think if we ever actually have money, there are things. I mean, there's things that I would like to do. Um, you know, send cereal, send cereal to people, buy T-shirts, which we are working on. Yes. So, I mean, there's things we just budget's a little low right now. So hopefully it'll increase. All right, guys. Uh, good opening. We need to get to some. As Chase said, uh, Chase usually says serious things, uh, and Emmanuel is going to lead us off with the first serious topic of today, talking about worldly saints. Is that an oxymoron? Emmanuel, take it away. So, okay, so uh, I was on Chally's, Tim Challey's website, and he reviewed this book. And the book is called Becoming Worldly Saints by uh, Michael Whitmer. And I thought, okay, that sounds interesting, world, worldly saints. And so he gives a review. And I don't really want to talk about the actual book per se, but just the, 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 uh, the author's idea, what he's trying to do. And... Uh, Charlie says that the book is a corrective to books like Platt's Radical and Piper's Don't Waste Your Life, um, which people in the in the comments took offense to. But here's here's how the book is. He says it's meant to answer the answer the question: Can you serve Jesus and still enjoy your life? Is it possible for you to be fully committed to the Lord and still find time to enjoy life's pleasures? Or as some seem to feel, we don't we do need to live lives of utter frugality. Spend, sending all our money to the mission field, are we responsible to share the gospel with absolutely every person we encounter? Should we feel the constant low-grade guilt that accuses us that we're not doing enough for the Lord? In short, how do we resolve the tension between the pleasures of the earth and the purpose of heaven? Um, and so if you read the comments, there's, there's two camps, basically. There's the camp that says... No, you're a Christian. You're not supposed to have fun. Duh. <laughs> Jesus was a man of suffering, and so you should be about suffering. And people were dropping ideas like, you know, uh, 
hey, will you give 20 bucks to the food pantry? No, I just spent $700 on, on a new f- smartphone because my old phone was eight months old or something like that. And then the other people say, no, we should, be ha- we should have a good time. Um, you know, we should be able to enjoy creation. God created creation for us to enjoy. Why can't we do it? So here's my question to you guys. How much is too much enjoyment for the Christian? Uh, where on the spectrum do you fall? Do you fall in the um, God wants me to enjoy creation because that's what he created it for? Or do you fall into the, you know, I need to live uh, in a van and give all my money to uh, <laughs> IMB and dig wells in Africa and, and, you know, and suffer? Well, am I running with my my old school charismatic Pentecostal friends, or am I back hanging out with my where you are right Calvinist now? Friends? Oh, look, I'm around Calvinist, so I can do whatever I want. Um, I'm either saved or I'm not. You have the free will to <laughs> say whatever you want. There, yeah. Sorry, God will take care of it. I love you, David. He didn't need you. Yeah. All right, so <laughs> so awesome. I, I do. I, part of me, when I read this, I think that there's almost a they're creating a a um, conflict that isn't necessarily there. False dichotomy. Yeah. I imagine if you went and talked to, um, you know, people who maybe you look at and say, Oh, well, they've really done these things. Like they've given up, you know, the riches of America to, to move to another foreign country and dig wells and be missionaries and whatever they would, I think probably say, I'm enjoying my life. I am enjoying my life. I'm just, you know, this is I'm I'm choosing to enjoy my life a different way than than other people. Not like I'm just, you know, not like I'm just miserable. So I almost feel like maybe there's a there's there's a conflict there that doesn't have to that's, be there. That's true. Good, that, point. Good point. That that you could, you know, I mean that's that's kind of Piper's whole, you know, point of in don't waste your life, which is you know, I mean, or, or Piper's whole thing, actually, his whole ministry, which he calls Christian hedonism, which is that, you know, you, God's most glorified in you when you're most satisfied in him. You know, God is all about enjoyment, and but it's, it's enjoying him. And, um, and so whatever you give up in order to enjoy him is not really a sacrifice. It's, it's actually giving yourself over to seeking your own enjoyment by seeking God. So part of me wonders if, if they're creating a conflict that doesn't have to be there. But I, I do think it's a good question in terms of material things because, you know, Platt, Platt's book um, is one that pops to mind, certainly the um, radical book. And I read it several years ago. And quite honestly, when I read it, it was very convicting. And it did make me kind of, you know, I, I did take a look at kind of my life and where my money goes and and, Convicting or guilt-inducing? Well, and, and that's a good question. It is a good question, and I think it's worthy of asking. And and I think when you, if you want to go down that road, is it wrong to have things? Is it wrong to, you know, is it okay to drive a decent car, or should you only drive, you know, junkers? Is it okay to live in a nice neighborhood, or should you live only on the, you know, in a in a, you know an older house, more rundown home or something like that in order to have more to give away. And I think that is a good question. Is it, are we, you know, are there things that are wrong to do in those terms? Should we live very frugal lives in order to, um, more glorify God or can you glorify God while you have things and, and you're always going to make too much money for somebody. 
Exactly. And that's and and so I remember when Driscoll and Platt squared off about this in the elephant room. And I actually kind of I really I, I fell on the side of Platt in in that situation because, you know, he was come up, you know, Driscoll kind of was like, dude, I mean, why are you being so hard on people? But in in where Driscoll's at, I mean, you've got a bunch of new Christians that, you know, you're just happy they're they're in the door and, and even thinking about this stuff. Whereas here, everybody's saved, and, and there's so much that we take for granted. And so, I really did kind of side with Platt in that regard. In that he challenged the people to Brook Hill, which in Birmingham is a lot of the people in that area probably have money to spare based on any of our scale. And so, I do get the idea of him challenging them. You know, are you are you just too comfortable that you're not being any? Not any good, because I think the Lord can use any effort, but, you know, is there more you can be doing? Are, are you just too comfortable and too complacent? Um, so I like that idea of it, but I remember, you know, and I respect the, the, the person's opinion, but one of the teenagers here, um, when I bought my first iPad, she was like, what could you have done with that $500? And I'm like, I could have done a lot with that $500. What I'm going to do is I'm going to buy a tool that I'm going to use for all sorts of ministry. And you know, I, I was being kind of feisty back with her, and but I get her sentiment. You know, so they were. It was kind of a challenge to you about. Yeah, you know, I mean, was that the, that the best use of your five hundred dollars? Look, a couple of years ago, well, more than a couple now. It's been a few years ago. Um, I overheard this woman counseling another lady, but she was coming at it from the prosperity, name it and claim it oh, aspect, going. You know, God wants you to have that Mercedes Benz. He wants you to have that gold bracelet and all that stuff because he wants to bless you that way. And I was like, okay, what you're doing is you're getting out of balance here because to you, you can make a bracelet out of that gold. To somebody else, I can feed 500 people on the street with that gold. But God looks at it and he says, it's pavement to me. I'm going to make streets out of this. I'd rather you do what I tell you to do with it. Hmm. If I tell you to put it on your brace as a bracelet, do it. If I tell you to feed people with it, do it. Because to him, it's just pavement. It's all his. You get a little charismatic now, John. Uh-oh. Yeah, and, and see the <laughs> Lord. And I didn't read the book Radical. I tried to read it, and I, it just annoyed me. Now, a lot of it's because I come from a different background. So what's a, what's considered affluent for Platt is not affluent for me. You know, if you've got two bathrooms in your house, like, you're rich. If you've got, like, choices between, like, you know, you go to somebody's house and say, hey, what do you want to drink? And you're like, there's choices? Like, we have tap water. <laughs> we've got Kool-Aid, you know. <laughs> but if you go and they're like, we got tea, we've got Coke, we've got, like, you're rich. You know, when you have real cheese in the house, you're rich. And so, Real cheese. So, Platt, she's talking about getting, you know, downsizing all this stuff. And I, my, every time when I was reading the book, all I could think about was, I really want to see this guy's house and where, what he drives. Because if his house is not in West End, if it's not in the seedy part of town, then he needs to shut up. Because, because it, and I understand what he's trying to do because he's speaking to a specific group. Yeah. But sometimes when you do that, and other people read it, it's just like, dude, you're an idiot. And, and I like Platt, so I like right, him. Man. He's a great preacher. Um, he used to come to the seminary where I was at and preach. But but you know, from somebody who grew up without having stuff, yeah. the book was like. Look, if you got stuff, you need to enjoy your stuff. I can't wait to get stuff, <laughs> you know, uh, you know. And so, this book, I th- and I think people say, well, the, the book is kind of overstating Platt's arguments, and the, I'm not here to argue that. But I think there is something. There's, there's a, I hate to say balance, 
But the Bible doesn't tell you how much is too much. It's really concerned mm-hmm. about why you have accumulated. If you're accumulating things because you're because uh, you have greed in your heart, that's a lot different than well, I, I can't help it that I make a lot of money. Um, I had a seminary professor, and she thought that if you had like if your if your wedding ring was you know bigger than a quarter carat, then it's sinful. That's interesting. And if you know, and she got mad. People had smartphones and. You spent 800 bucks on a phone. You know, what could you do with that money? And she bought all her clothes from, you know, thrift stores and stuff. But it's like, because the Bible doesn't say I can't enjoy a smartphone. That's why. Well, Um, and I think that, okay, so to me, that's kind of where it's, I I liked Platt's book. I don't mind being challenged on things. In other words, I I don't mind. Yeah, and for the people he was targeting, it was was probably needed. I I don't mind being, I, I think that's good. And 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 right, ne- even necessary to challenge people's, um, to challenge people and try to shake them out of complacency. I don't really have, you know, because one of his big, you know, I, I guess, like you said or someone said earlier, where their church was is it is a more fluid area, and you know we we do live in a pretty success driven culture where um, the earmark of success is things and what you have. And so I think I think writing a book to try to maybe get people to think about what does success look like and what should your the goal of your life be, um, I, I don't have a I don't have a problem with that. And, and even I, I don't mind being challenged on those things, and and I don't mind someone writing a book to challenge us on those things. And I think that the Bible, I think in the New Testament, I think Jesus challenges that at times. I think there are, are, are passages that challenge the idea of, like you said, amassing things and and being too focused on riches. Um, here's where it, it, it to me, um, crosses a line is when you begin to specifically judge people based on what they have or what, what they buy. You know, in other words... Oh well, this person at you know at the church drives this really nice car, and so they're 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 not as godly as someone. They don't love Jesus as much as someone who has sold their stuff and riding a bike to work every day. Um, or, you know, we a long time ago at the HOD church, we had somebody who um, I remember during a like a missions offering time, we were doing like a several week missions, you know gathering of money and we had somebody who was kind of directing that and they got pretty mad because um people were leaving to go to lunch and and talking about where they were going to go out to eat and they were just like well they shouldn't be going out to eat they should be skipping meals and giving that money to the missions offering and so i I just think when you start doing those Mm -hmm. kinds of things you are you know you're you're that's where, to me, we're 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 handling the words of Jesus in the incorrect way. We've we've went from challenging people to think about their lives and what they do, which I don't think is an issue, to telling people what makes them godly or not godly, what makes them, you know, a, a better Christian or uh, or not a not a good Christian, and. Um, I think that I think that's an issue. And there's a story in the Bible that speaks to that when the lady wanted to uh, anoint Jesus's feet with with expensive oil, and the disciples are like, "We well, could have sold that and you know gave the money to the poor." And Jesus says, "The poor will be with you always." Um, 
and they're kind of, I guess, shocked because Jesus is not really as worried about <laughs> about the poor as he is, you know. And yeah, once you start pointing fingers, there's always somebody. There's always somebody who has it worse. And yeah. so, you know, I'm talking about Platt, and then there's some kid, you know, uh, in I don't know, Adger, Alabama, who's like, you know, dude, you drove to church, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and you've got a phone and. You know, you've got shoes that you bought. So once you start pointing fingers, there's always somebody who can point fingers at you. You know, um, it's like when you visit other countries and they just think because you, you're from America, you're just swimming in it. Yeah. You know, uh, so. I, but, you know, I don't mind. I mean, I'm challenged by people when, you know, if I hear someone who said, well, you know what, I, we cut cable out. Hmm. You know, if that came up in conversation, we, we cut out cable. I've been trying to cut cable, but you know, <laughs> we we cut cable out in order to be ES, able to have ESPN more money to be generous with. I I think that's great. That challenges me. I I support that. We have done that in my family at times. Um, we're not doing that currently. We actually, you know, we just added that back after having it out of our budget for several years. But I just think that. What I and I don't think this is what Platt meant by the book because again I think the I personally have a high opinion of the book I think it was good um, just like I think Piper's book was good and I, I don't have a problem with them at all I think they're I think they're good I'm glad they were written but I, I think what you have to be careful of is um, the idea that you know that there those people who have sold their house sold their car and moved to foreign country to be a missionary are somehow better Christians and more loved. Yeah. By God, than those who have yet to do those things. And, and here's one of the here's one of the the, the comments on the on the uh, book review from Charlie's. This is a, li- a literal comment. Somebody says we can't enjoy the world because unbelievers enjoy the world. <laughs> really? Really? Nothing's getting through the filter. Sorry, I thought you were about to say something. Oh, I was about to say a lot of things. Wow. <laughs> no, I don't have anything negative. I mean, I'm, y'all, y'all look at me like I'm going to run past the stop sign. Uh, no, my that may be my new favorite. That's always our look towards each other. Yeah, but if if people did what if people were concerned with what God wanted, not what they thought He wanted, if they sought His face and heard from Him, if God tells you to give your last two dimes, you give your last two dimes. Yes, if He says. No, you're cool. Go to Disneyland with your family. Do that. If if we were more focused with what the person of God wants me to do, yes. we wouldn't get wrapped up in the legalism of, well, you've got too much, you gotta sell your crap. Yeah. Well and, and I think that's I think that's excellent because and again, it's you know, it's I think there is being obedient versus being disobedient. There is a way I I've said this before, I think we talked about this in the last podcast. I do think you can displease God. A Christian can displease him by their actions. I think so. I think that if God is telling you to do something and you fail to do that, um, then I think you can be disobedient and, and displease him in that way. And so, yeah, absolutely. If he tells you to give your last two dimes and you're holding on to those dimes, um, that that is, you know, person who knows the right thing to do and they don't do it to them, it's sin. Uh, it's just, you know, avoid painting with a broad brush because like you said, you know, someone takes their kids to Disney World, that doesn't mean they're not being, that doesn't mean they don't love Jesus and they're being disobedient somehow because they didn't give that money to, um, you know, someone to go on a mission trip. At the same time, had God told them, 
Oh, yeah. Uh, last year, if I can give a story, and I, I want to be careful because this is not me trying to be proud. I'll just tell you a way this kind of worked out in my life that was very difficult. Well, you don't have to try to be proud. No, I'm, I'm there already. This is me not trying to brag. Um, this is I'm not trying to brag, but like we were we were saving rim shots. So we were saving money. We were we were obviously getting money together for Jack uh, to to adopt our son from Hong Kong. And I had sold um, a ton of stuff on eBay um, to try to raise money. And I sold things that were like heirlooms and stuff that had been in my family for a while because I was trying to raise money for um, the adoption. And in the middle of all that, I had that money together that I'd sold the stuff, and I became aware of a need of someone who uh, was going going on a mission trip. There was a need there, and they were they were short or whatever. And God very clearly told my wife and I to give the money that we had sold the stuff from eBay to them. And I mean, I just knew that God had said to do that. It was not a it wasn't a question to me. I, I just knew that it was there. Um, and and so we ended. I mean, I wrestled with it. I really struggled with you know God. We you know we need this money right now. But I felt like it was from God, so I did. That's what we did. And 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 in return, I mean, we ended up getting back that money and more. Um, we got a very unexpected donation from from someone who it covered what we had given away. So in that moment, I knew what God was telling me to do. Had I said no, I think it would have been disobedient. Had I held on to it, I think it'd been disobedient. But um, so I, th- I think when God tells you to do something, you do it. It's you know, but. I, th- I think we have to be careful of creating like this two class Christianity of those who, you know, those who are really doing the Lord's work, the, the radical ones. Yeah, you know, the the radical and then uh, not radical. I don't know. I, I just I, I think that that's where my biggest issue is. Is when people start trying to be the judge of what is what is good, true, radical Christianity and what is not, and making those assumptions and kind of pointing fingers and, um, you know. I I think that's where it gets to be difficult or wrong-headed. I remember I was in a ministry group, a small group band years ago, and the guy was very self-sacrificially minded, and he showed, um, was it, I guess, Schindler's List, and at the end of the movie, the, the guy was saying, if I did this, I could have saved one more. If I did this, I could have saved one more. And, you know, again, I, I get what the point Platt was trying to make, but I, I think it's it's a mindset of your life of, not thinking of yourself first. I, again, I don't think that precludes what you're talking about, Emmanuel, of being able to to meet your needs and even live comfortably. But but also, if you know, if the first and last person you're thinking about is yourself, then you know you can probably augment that a little bit to serve. Oh yeah, the community of Christ and then in the world better. But you know, people well, that force people on either sides of an issue are just. I think they start with a bad premise. And so. Here's what some people would say. So you could ask the question, um, all right, so all of us today had lunch. So we had lunch, and all, all of us had um, – essentially all of us had lunch out. Okay, so we went and bought lunches. Someone might say, well, you could have brought a sandwich from home and took that money and gave it to someone who was poor. The the question is is there is there always so like we're we're kind of falling on the side or it seems like most of us are falling on the side of saying if God tells you to do that you do that other people would come along and say God's already told you to do that mm-hmm. how do you answer that like 
he's already told you in scripture to give what you have to the poor. But he's also told me to enjoy life. Um, Ecclesiastes 3.13, everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. Mm. God wants you to enjoy the fruits of your labor. And there's a, and I think it's a heart issue if you are, are stingy. Or, and I've had to wrestle with this before, not, not because I was buying up a bunch of stuff, because I come from a poor background. I just want to stockpile money. Because we grew up without, you know, with lights off, gas off, no phone, and so I like to see a nice chunk of money in the bank, and it causes, and it's 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 greed out of fear. And I don't have any problem giving money away, but at the same time, I, I like to have a comfortable amount in the bank just for my own anxiety because of gr- growing up not having stuff, and I'm always worried something's gonna there's gonna be an emergency, and I'm gonna you know. Um, and on the other side of that, there's the, uh, I guess, the idea that somebody who's given all their stuff away and then they're depending on the kindness of strangers to help them out. And I do not ask people for money. And it's just one of those things. I was at a job and they were going, there was a nonprofit and they were going through money problems. And they asked people to raise money, uh, employees to raise money and call up people to, to donate. And I was like, I don't ask people for money. I was like, you just take it out of my check. And he's like, so you'd rather me take money out of your check than ask people for, to donate to the to, to our, like, yeah, I don't do it. Um, and so there's been times when God has checked me about you're getting you're getting greedy. Hmm. Um, give some money away, give some stuff away. Um, I'll take care of you because it's a trust issue with God. Wow. Uh, then there's some other times we're like, go ahead and enjoy yourself. You know, use this money for this. Because uh, I don't like to have a good time either. You know? It's like I just don't want to spend any money if it's, you know. So, you know, my wife fusses at me because, like, I'm still wearing clothes that I wore in, like, 96, you know. <laughs> and she's like, why don't you go shopping? I was like, no, this still fits. Yeah, you can yeah see but David Robinson doesn't play for the Spurs anymore, man. you got to get rid of that jersey. <laughs> I do still have, I do still have a, a Shaq Orlando Magic jersey and a Jordan Bulls jersey. Hey, wow. The Jordan Bulls jersey you got to hold on to. Yeah. So, all right. Well, good. That's, that's a good discussion, guys. I think I think it's a it's it's a great question. Those books have have posed great questions to us, and and I, I you know I think it's um I think it's worth discussing. So if you have some feedback, send it to us on Twitter at my gospel friends, uh, voicemail either speakpipe dot com or the uh, the two hundred five number that I can never remember. Five seven five nine seven three five. Thank you. Or uh, give us some some so feedback in the hall. Yeah, give us some feedback in the hall of dogma, like a fine one. Speaking of which, guys, we're going to do a little big deal or little deal now. I've got uh, three articles here that are straight from the hall of dogma. Um, and uh, so the way this works is, I'm going to give you um, kind of give you the gist of the article, and then come to each of you. Tell me is the uh, is this a big deal, little deal, or no deal at all. And uh, so we're going to start off. Uh, this one was posted in the Hall of Dogma this week by Travis Hinkle. Uh, appreciate your post, Travis. This is uh, about a um, friend of the show, mega church, former mega church pastor, Robert Bell. Little deal. No deal. Uh, we actually usually wait till we talk about it. Um, so we're not we're not tired of talking about one Robert Bell. <laughs> no, we, I mean you never get tired of talking about Rob Bell, right? Uh, so uh, on the the um, you know Rob Bell has uh, has uh, tied up with uh, Oprah 
not literally, I don't think, but uh, he's he's with Oprah now on uh, her network. He's got his own television show there, and um, so he was being interviewed, him and his wife, by Oprah. And uh, about their new book called The Zim Zum of Love, A New Way of Understanding Marriage. Uh, Nick said that's a great book. He just got finished with it. And uh, in the book – sorry, that's a joke. In the book uh, – Did they already write a marriage book? No, they wrote well, – I'll say they wrote the one that uh, did away with hell. And, that was just him. Okay, and then this oh, one about marriage. Oh, he wrote marriage. Sex God. I'm not sure about that. Sex God. Yeah, was the name of the okay. book. Uh, so here's from so the book. He- in the book, Zimzum of Love, he says, marriage, gay and straight. Are parts to start with the marriage and then get... Go ahead, Dave. Y'all need me. Marriage, gay or straight, is a gift to the world because the world needs more, not less, love, fidelity, commitment, devotion, and sacrifice. Oh, God. So, <laughs> so Oprah comments... What's the world? So Oprah... Comments that hey, I'm really glad that you included gay marriage in the book, and that she asked why. You know, why did you include that? And, and their answer was, well, books. it's one of the oldest aches and the bones of humanity. Loneliness. Loneliness is not good for the world. Whoever you are, gay or straight, it's totally normal to want someone to go through life with. And she said, well, when's the church going to get that? And this is the part that I'm going to ask you is a big deal, little deal or no deal. Um, I, I think I, I know where most of you will stand. But um, he says, I think the church is getting there. We're moments away from accepting it. And he says that uh, the culture is already there. The church will continue to be even more irrelevant when it quotes letters from 2,000 years ago as their best defense when you have in front of you flesh and blood people who are your brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, coworkers and neighbors, and they love each other and just want to go through life. So Rob Bell says that if the Christian defense against um, homosexual marriage, which is a topic we've covered on here several times, um, if their only defense is quotes from letters written 2,000 years ago, um, it's not enough. Big deal, little deal, no deal. Nicholas. Big deal. Big deal. Why? The filter keeps catching things again. Um, the, the fact that he minimizes that and just anyway, – anyway, I'm a little bit trying to articulate out of frustration, but the fact that he minimizes the Word of God down to letters written 2,000 years ago completely just quantifies to me – how irrelevant he is to to the body at this point in terms of of his f- former role as as a as, as as a pastor you know there are times where in in my exegesis and my study of the word that and i've I've gone toe to toe with you about this you know how well Paul's writing from his perspective and you go not that was to pers- me by the way I'm sorry yes Reverend today, Bitter. Um, Reverend the guy who posed the question to me so I thought it was understood didn't know I had to clarify that sorry. Um, but we we have you know just in different things that you and I have disagreed on I said well that's Paul's pers- perspective and that's why he writes so harshly and you went no that's the word of God's perspective and I was like yes I understand but and, and you know that's that's all fine well and good to, to hash out but, it, but you've got to defer to the word and and you know you may want to talk personality and perspective but put to to just say that they're oh just letters two thousand years ago, the, these are principles Christians are to base their lives on. And the issue of into to audience members listen, the issue of homosexuality is not something that that is to be glossed over. Um, the way we we address homosexuals and, and 
and love them and show them the love of Christ is, is not to be quickly glossed over. But but his comments there about the irrelevancy of Scripture, that's, that is a big deal, and it's, it's easy to answer, and, and it, it invalidates him more than anything. All right. Sorry. It's a big deal, but it's a little deal. Okay. Okay. It's a big deal because um, I mean, it's, it's just a big deal that he's, he's, he's totally throwing his stuff to the wind here, but it's a little deal because he has already discredited himself. Um, it would well, be that's... a bigger deal if it were John Piper or somebody else coming out and saying it. But Rob Bell, as far as in Christendom, he's played his card. He's pretty irrelevant right now because he's already discredited himself. So we need to the only one we need to stop listening. talking about Rob Bell. Is, well, is no, it's just Rob Bell. The only people who are really, really listening to him aren't people who really listen to the gospel. They're probably Oprah and gay people. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it, it, look, he he has a point. Um, You're the one who laughed out loud. I just I'm sorry for the record. I'm sorry. He has a point. I laughed with something inside. With um, people needing to love each other. Look, Jesus is not offended by two men who love each other. He's offended by two men who have a homosexual relationship, who have a sex act going on. Okay, he probably wants more men in the church to love each other. But that's not what the homosexual community is about. They're wanting that eros side. And they justify that by saying that it's the phileo and the agape, not the eros. And, and you wanted to put a warning label on, on my game. <laughs> I actually think John. Uh, John nailed it. Yeah, I mean, that's really good. Yeah, I, I was going to say what John said. It's, a, it's no deal because it's Rob Bell. And that's... But what I'm what I'm worried about is him getting held up as a pinnacle of what Christians should be. Well, and, and we haven't helped ourselves in that instance anyway. I look, mean, that may be true, but I think I think so I think I, it I, is. I've given up trying to look a certain way because the the loudest Christians are always going to be the ones that have that are not helpful, and so I they make Rob Bell able to say that because we have railed so much against gay marriage in a negative way. In the public eye, that's not helpful. Ah, look, I don't disagree with that. At all. And so, it makes somebody like Bell attractive, anyway. Yeah. Um, but either you believe the Bible or you don't. I mean, I, I and I'm just not going to argue with you about it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I, um, I, I think when I read the quote, though, it was kind of the you know. I mean, it, it, Rob Bell is still there's that debate to me on him in some circles where there are people who just say, "Oh, look, you know, love wins." Was not him. Questioning yeah. scripture, it was, it was just him wanting to. That's what. I, that's what he was I, wanting. He, he was just trying to present, you know, just get people thinking and having yeah. a discussion and talking and and I. So I read this quote and I go, no, this is a guy who is who is completely moving away from seeing the Bible as authority. I was I was listening to uh, uh, Elijah with an extra eye podcast, Live Christianly podcast. Oh yeah, he just launched. Shout the, out to them. Yeah, just launched the new well, one. episode. Two, I think it was actually it's episode one because the pilot was zero. They talk about Rob Bell a little bit, and they were saying, you know, that well he just, you know, he gets a bad rap, but he just wants to. He's just trying to ask questions, and it's like, no, he doesn't just want to ask questions. He says he's try, trying to ask questions because he doesn't want to be nailed down. Yeah, because when you try to nail them or any of those emergent church guys, when you try to nail them down, they say, I was just asking questions. That's not what I meant. And then you say, well, clarify what you meant. And then they say something else is very uh, 
ethereal and hard to nail down. And so um, it's easy to hide behind, well, I'm just asking a question. Well, I've said that before. I think as a teacher of the word, if that's what you present yourself as, you don't write yeah. a book and send it out to hundreds of thousands of people to ask questions. Yeah. I mean, you, you go and ask questions of people that you're in close relationship with and work through those things. I, I think he was do, he was not just asking questions. He was leading to a conclusion. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And now we're seeing with, with – what that is now I, w- I will say that you know and we, we'll move on to the next one but i, I will say I, I do think christians should be more empathetic toward people who have homosexual attraction who because it, i agree it, it, because here's the thing and i've got i've got a very very good friend of mine who is a christ follower uh he has wrestled most of his life with same-sex attraction um, and he, ha- I mean, he sees that as his that's uh, his temptation that he has to fight. Uh, he is married to uh, to a woman, and they have a, they have a, uh, you know a good good marriage, and he's a good guy. But he will he will tell you this is this is a battle. It's been a battle with him most of his life, and and you know there was for so many homosexuals, it seems like what Christians are saying is. Follow Jesus, be lonely the rest of your life. Like, like it's almost like they have to. That's the decision that's being made. I can either, you know, marry someone and and be fulfilled like everybody else and have a marriage, or I, I have to, you know, I have to be lonely the rest of my life. And and I think there is some truth there in denial of self. Yeah. But but my point is, it, I think sometimes we're a little bit too flippant to say. Um, now, look, you know, just don't be gay. Don't 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 only, don't want to be with somebody. The just, only problem I have with that argument is that people have never been ever able to marry who they want. You know, you can't marry a ten year old. You can't marry your mother. You can't marry your sister. You can't marry more than one person in certain states. There's a lot of things that you know. For a while, black people weren't allowed to marry white people. Um, the there's always been rules, uh, either by government, you know, or whatever, on who can marry who. So let's, let's not act like it's a new thing. And so are we prepared to say, well, as long as people love each other, they should be able to get married? Are we prepared to open that door? That's my whole issue with the – I really don't care if gay people get married. You know, I don't like them using the word. But I, yeah. don't, I, don't, I don't care about them having the legal rights of, of marriage under the state of Alabama or wherever you are. Um, you know, so I, I'm so I'm not I'm not a big railer against it on, on those terms. Mine is I guess it's more philosophical. Well, um, and, and, but we've done a bad job of loving them, uh, and also pointing out you know that that's or making that seem like it's the worst sin ever. Um, that and buying five hundred dollar iPads, you know, <laughs> are the worst worst things ever, which we kind of do. I, yeah. I do think that there – look, it, Christian life is – part of it is denying self. And like you said, there are things that you will desire to do that you don't do because the Word tells you – God tells you through the Word not to do those things. Yeah. But I, I still think there is some I, – I, I think we should be willing to love them, come alongside them, and be empathetic of what they're struggling with and their view uh, in terms of – 
um, well, what will my life look like if I do this? Yeah, you know, I agree. I, I just think we're a little bit too flippant about it and just saying I'll just stop. So, um, okay, good, good discussion, guys. Let's do another one here. Big deal or little deal? This one's a, a really, really interesting to me. This is from um, this was an article posted in the Hall of Dogma by Jacob Hatcher. Thank you, Jacob, for posting this, and it comes from. Uh, it's written on um, my favorite website, Pathios.com. Benjamin Corey uh, wrote this article, and uh, the title of it is Why ISIS – am I saying it right? I was saying it wrong earlier, you guys That's said right. ISIS is right. Yeah. Okay. So why ISIS should make Christians rethink the doctrine of hell. Benjamin Corey essentially in this uh, article says that um, we as Christians, um, as we have seen ISIS brutally – uh, burning some people alive, um, that we find that practice offensive. It is offensive to any rational person, and the Christians uh, should and do find it morally repulsive um, to the degree that we want uh, perpetrators who do that to be wiped off the face of the earth. He says, and here's a quote from his article, but here's the irony of it all. While we find burning people alive morally repulsive when ISIS does it. Most Christians seem to have no moral qualms about believing in a God they think will do precisely that. In fact, the traditional doctrine the traditional doctrine on hell paints God in a far worse light than ISIS. Instead of just burning people to kill them, this doctrine believes that people will never die, but will be tortured by the pain of flames for all of eternity. And somehow they believe God will pronounce this as being good. He just goes on to basically say that the moral compass that is in us, that tells us that it is wrong... Um, to burn someone alive, that should point us to the fact that God um, will not actually burn people in torment forever and ever because God is giving us the moral compass that is in us, and so uh, God would not do something that, um, that that we know inside of us is morally repulsive. So throw that out, guys. Big deal, little deal, no deal. Benjamin Corey says our repulsive feelings from ISIS burning people to death should point us away from the doctrine of eternal torment? Uh, I want to say little deal. Um, I like Benjamin uh, Corey. Uh, He calls himself a progressive progressive Christian, and I disagree with him a lot. That means liberal, right? But Yeah. But when he's right, he's really right, and when he's wrong, he's really wrong, and I think he's wrong (laughs) in this case. Um, And here's why. Because the difference between ISIS, there's a dif- difference between ISIS burning innocent people and God burning uh, people who aren't innocent. God doesn't burn innocent people. And that's the difference. The people who God burns deserve it. And the people who ISIS burns do not. And so I think that he's, that's a false, uh, a false uh, equivalence there. Um, we, we are upset because... We don't like the injustice of what ISIS is doing. But when God, when God does it, it is precisely the definition of justice. And the people who ISIS burns, they are getting something that they don't want. And the Bible makes it clear that when you disobey God, you are getting your pledge. You're getting what you want right now. And God's going to get what he wants later. Mm. You know, um, so you, you're having your fun and then you pay the piper later. And so you essentially you want uh, depending on your theology, the people who God burns, they want it, you know, uh, on some level. They are. I, I've heard one, you know, pastor said, I don't know which one it was, but it, it's, you know, the people that are standing before God in, in rebellion to him, 
Um, they've spent their life shaking their fist at God. They will continue to shake their fist at God even in eternity. Um, it's it's uh, you know that rebellion will continue. So, um, John, you had a well uh, big deal, little deal, no deal. Hill. I, th- I think it's kind of a big deal because because he's he's ascribing that that okay, you can't really believe in hell because you can't believe that God would do that. When I I don't believe God's going to burn anybody. Um, I think people are going to choose it. Um, God's word tells us that. It's not his will that any should perish. Um, we know that he doesn't want to burn people because he sent his son to save us. Um, if if we're burnt, we chose it. You know, he threw us a rope. I all, just, the, I just, all, all the reform people, you can stop listening right now. I just I just realized that we have not. Uh, so the the whole um, by the way, the whole structure of the show has changed. So usually it's uh, it's usually two Calvinists and an Armenian. But today in the room we have two Armenians, one Calvinist, and a guy who doesn't know what he is. Well, uh, he, I, he he is a Cal- Calminian. I call myself a Calminian. No, 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 wait a minute. A I'm Carminian. not a, I'm not an Armenian. You know, I believe in eternal security, but I also believe that there's a balance believe, between free will and God's sovereignty. Do you believe in the elect? Yeah. Based uh, when, on, wait a minute. When, when they're talking about Jews being the elect, Dave, you have some or the fact that <laughs> no, that you believe that God before before time in eternity, God picked out who He was going to save, and He picked out who He wasn't going to save. So. Yeah, John three sixteen says it. For God so loved the world that whosoever. But when no, but but when Calvinists read the world. Which to normal people means the world. Yeah, Calvinists they swap it out and say world means elect. Yes, but this but, would never happen. No, look, cases th- here. This no, is no, no. Here's, here's my only here's my only caveat to that. I, Thank you, Benjamin Corey. I, I, Thank you. I appreciate the fact that God chose me first. That that helps my heart to know that God chose me first. But I also know that there was more to it than that. That there was there was me receiving it, um, and I don't believe because I believe Scripture refutes it that He chose some people to die and go to hell, because the, His Word says that He doesn't want anyone to do that. But well, what, well, what about Judas, the the, the ringer? That's, that's, you think the ringer? So Judas was beyond grace. I don't know. I'm I'm just asking questions. Welcome to Playing Both Sides of the Fence podcast by Emmanuel Marsh. <laughs> I, I, I actually believe in line with you. I'm just I'm I know. just uh, yeah. I know. I'm playing but, Rob Bell and I'm just asking questions. What I, really what know. I was getting at was was ISIS, ISIS is is what they're doing is they're enacting what they consider to be their version of justice. And you have a god who who communicates with lost people day in and day out through the Holy Spirit. Come to me. I will save you. I will change your destination. I will change all that for you. And that's not a God who's going, and you, 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 I'm going to burn you. Um, it's just not. Well, I, I did, just to give the. Uh, counter just, to his character. Just to give the reform view. Because um, you are a reform guy. Every, everyone. I really? I, have, I haven't said that today. I've never heard that. <laughs> I've stopped saying that since John made fun of me. Um, the, uh, uh, everyone's headed to hell. God, God chose. Amen. God chose to save some and keep them from hell. 
not that he like it was not like a he picked a baseball team in eternity and said okay some no. of you go here some of you go here any many money mo but by choosing some you automatically reject others i mean i i chose my wife therefore rejecting other women to a life without me which is kind of like hell um so she is my elect or vice versa <laughs> so you mean kind of like she's not here so i can make that statement yeah uh, <laughs> so you could kind of like uh him i've loved him I have hated. Yeah, yeah. Jacob I have loved. Esau I've hated. Yeah. Yeah, Kenya I have loved, and other women I have rejected. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not. I agree with that. I mean, I know that that's what it is. But I'm just. I, I don't like that. The pushback is that you know well, God is God is choosing some to go. Well, everyone was headed to hell. Everyone was headed to hell. Everyone is headed to hell. I'm okay with God choosing people to go to hell. If God wanted to choose everybody to go to hell, I'm cool with it because He's God. Um, I just don't know if it's so cut as, as cut and dry as as reformed people like to make it. That's all. I I, so. I, I, I agree. Oh, so I just don't. I just court. don't. I was going to say I don't think that is in. I don't think that is in con in contradiction to. It, it's not his desire that any should. He, no. I mean, he didn't. Wasn't his desire that people sin, but they did, and then there was a choice to be made. Or was it? Well. That's yeah. where that's where it all gets real fun for me, because yeah. election means that he always intended for Eve to sin, and so it just or he always knew she would or or but no no or oh, no, no they don't have a choice. Now I, I think well, he Adam, knew what they I think choose. Adam and Eve did have a choice. I think they the only people who had really true free will. Um, but he could it could have been said that he knew that they were going to do it. But, so okay, but see, so that's maybe what, that was oh, a manufa- where we get into so you trying to say that was a, a, theology. a yeah. manufacturing defect that he just created. Well, Eve okay, with but the, if with the, the you know to want fruit, but if he knew that creation would end in this result by creating them anyway, that gets into philosophy, not theology, and we'll just well, it's 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 it's, it's theology because he chose Jesus before the foundation of the world, uh, so he already knew what he was going well, to do in Christ. I do believe that. So that means he, he already knew that there was going to be a reason uh, to need Christ. So on the reform side, it would be that God God desires his glory to be made known, and his goodness is shown on the backdrop of evil and, and darkness. And, and God doesn't save everyone, and part of that is to a display of his goodness and grace so now Arminians would really struggle with that but Arminians will say God doesn't want anyone to go to hell but there is something that God values more than everyone going to hell and that is free will he wants to give them the free will he really values that so let them have their free will which is why some people will end up in hell so both sides reformed and Arminians say there's something God values more than everyone going to heaven the reformed people say it's his glory Armenians say it's free will, free choice. So I've always wondered why, if you're Armenian, you believe there's truly free choice. Why do you pray for people to be saved? Because everybody prays for people to be saved. Uh But if it's truly free will, if it's truly free choice, why do you ever pray for it? Because it's both. Yeah. So you're a Calminian too. Yes. No, because because God uses all these relationship examples. The the bride and the groom. Calminian, not Calminian, by the way. Which is it? Your Southern's coming out. Calminian? Calminian. Calminian? Calminian. Uh, God uses all these examples of a relationship for, for the Christian walk. 
Um, David, you didn't tell your wife that you were going to marry her, and she had no option to accept or reject you. Uh, she couldn't. She she look. You I, you were not irresistible. You and Emmanuel are two peas in a pod right now. I believe one right. irresistible charm is. But one of you fell in love first. Back away right now. Look, one she of had you no choice once I turned it on. Irresistible charm. Yeah, but <laughs> one of you fell in love. Limited first, options. But you had to both. Are we going over the, the, the tulip of David's dating life? <laughs> <laughs> Limited options. Allison, Allison, total depravity. Uh, Me, irresistible charm. Perse- perseverance, <laughs> perseverance of David. You would believe in total depravity if you had met her former boyfriend. Anyway, so, <laughs> so, so we've seen s- pictures. He's a nice looking guy too. Hey, we were talking about something else, and a uh, Armenian Calvinist discussion broke. Well, oh, Benjamin Corey. <laughs> Hey, so for the people who haven't joined the hall, there's an interesting picture of David that made its way in there in the last week and a half or so. <laughs> it will now be the album art for this week's uh, episode entitled Irresistible Charm, Limited Option, The Tulip of David's <laughs> Dating Life. Thank you, Emmanuel Marsh. I really liked your other title better. I'm just Rob Bell, and I'm just asking questions. Yeah. All right, look, uh, we got to move. We got we to we gotta, we gotta skip the last story. I do think – here's the thing about Benjamin Corey um, – I, I, I and, and he actually deals with. Oh, I, okay, I skipped it. It's good. Um, I was. Do you, have, do you have comments? He's used to it. Right? Do you have Nick. comments on Benjamin Corey? Move, move forward. Do you it's have fine. comments on Benjamin Corey? It's fine. Go ahead. I'm going to come back to you. Here's 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 my comment. It is that you know Benjamin Corey even says on here. I, I, I hear the arguments back to me. Um, being tortured is what we all deserve. What is moral for God is different than what is moral for us. And you know what? I call BS on all of it. That's what he says. It's time to question. It's time to rethink. Hmm. Um, Benjamin Corey playing the role of Rob Bell. It's, it, it, is it possible our views on hell have been more shaped by medieval barbarians who practically burned their enemies for the sport of it than actual words of Scripture and the nature and character of Jesus? So I, I just have an issue with – and I listen, I, I have you know brothers in Christ and friends who are not eternal, eternal torment guys. Um, they may you – know, some are what they call them, annihilationist. Mm-hmm. They just believe that it's just going to be a – God's just going to annihilate um, – those souls um, and and others views that you know in the spectrum there all of them I believe you know do agree with some type of punishment and punishment but what it looks like I, it may may differ between some of them I, I am I think it's eternal torment because um because I read that. I just think that's even the words of Jesus who talked more about hell than anyone else. I, I just think that's the words that are there. And so I don't believe that because, you know, some barbarians from three centuries ago believed it. I just, I mean, I see that in Scripture. And I, I mean, I, so anyway, I, I just, I have an issue. I think it's a, it's a big deal for him to say, well, the reason the doctrine of hell can't be right is because our internal moral compass tells us it's wrong, and that should tell us what God thinks about it. Well, my internal moral compass yeah. is is yeah. messed up. He has not been inside my moral compass lately. No, yes. I mean, I am not. My sanctification is not complete. It is not. My moral compass has got some some adjustments that need to be made. It so. does not point to true north, I'll tell you that. Exactly. So I, I, think, I think that's a, I think that's a, um, you know, I don't like that, him saying that. That's a reason that God can't. God can't be for eternal torment because your moral compass tells you that. 
makes sense. Yeah, I'll sound a little Rob Bellion in that. I do like Chris. Here's what I do like. I like Christians having conversations about the nature of God and things like that, and and even being willing to ask hard questions. Um, when we start preaching it as theology and dogma, as as absolute, um, when it contradicts the word, struggle with the word, even. Um, respectfully fight with the word um, with with brothers by your side going, but this stinks and it's not fair. Hey, that's fine. Let's talk about it. Let's work through it. Let's pray about it. But but going, I don't agree with that because I don't like it. it. That's a big deal. Yeah, and that's why I was like, where is it coming from? Yep. It's become is it is because it offends your sensibilities. Because um, I'm okay with there not being a hell, and I'm okay with with there being a hell. It didn't it didn't really matter to me either way. Like what's true. What is the, what do I think Scripture says? And it always seems like people who are anti-hell, it's always it always feels like an emotional argument. It does. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it, very light on the Scripture. The the one who comes to me and says, "I believe in annihilationism," and here's why. The, yeah, and here's I have the no verses. Problem with here's the verses. Annihilationist. Uh, well, I'm just saying, and, and, yeah. and they give me the verses in the Bible, and that's what's convincing them. That's different from someone telling me. Your feelings. Yeah. Don't 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 follow your heart. Don't don't give me the argument about moral compass, hearts and feelings because those things are completely messed up. That gets into yeah. Oprah Winfrey's. Well, my Jesus does this or that. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't care about that. The Bible wasn't written by Disney. It's not a follow right. your heart, follow your dreams, yeah. and everything will work. It doesn't work that way. And and God is. You know, God is good. I'm surprised there's not a Walt Disney Bible, by the way. But God, God is good in all things that God. God is good, so all things God does is good. We're not the judge of what is good. If God does it, it's good, whether we like it or not, or think it's good or not. Because if exactly. it comes from God, it's good. Right. We just try to decide what's good up front and then apply that to God, which yeah. is, and we don't know what's good, and we don't know. So, good discussion, guys. Um, it is now time to get into some listener feedback. All right, so why don't we start with uh, Hall Monitor, uh, Nick, where you uh, kind of tell us some of the goodies from the uh, Hall of Dogma on Facebook this week. Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Hall of Dogma or HallofDogma.com. It's funny, just a funny aside, um, I got a renewal notice. It's it's still thirty or three months out, 90 days out, um, but I got a renewal notice for thegospelfriends.com, and so... It's just weird that we've had we've it's been almost a year. We're that coming up. We're about to do episode so this thirty nine. So what we're yeah, yeah it's thirty nine weeks in and just, a little bit further than that when you count the other seven weeks pre pilots and stuff. So you're going to give me a hard time about the pilot when Live Christianly had their pilot too. They had validates pilot. the idea of a they, pilot. They just had one. They had one pilot. We had many. Okay, but but I'm just saying we had anyway. Hall monitor. We had a. Okay. We had a proof of concept. Never mind. It's not even online anymore. All right. So since David um, went all like super deep, I'm just going to keep it keep it light and jovial. Um, couple couple of fun things we'll talk to you about first, David. Uh, if you're going to fight Aquaman, David, do it in the desert. Make him battle you on your own terms, not his. Uh, Jeremiah wanted to throw Jeremiah Martin wanted to throw that to you from Mr. John Acuff. Uh, yeah. Look, that, and, and now they're posting these new pictures of Aquaman that make him look all. Superhero and no, that is the new Aquaman. I don't know. Oh, he look, he yeah. looks kind of like glam rockerish to me. See, okay, so when I first saw it, I went, "Oh wow, they really are trying to make Aquaman look serious." And then I just kind of, 
it, he looks a little bit like a Hobbit reject. I mean, so, like, somebody pointed out he looks like Rob Zombie. Yes, uh, I saw the Rob Zombie thing, but I, hey, I, I hey. like Rob Zombie. You can yeah. put a you can um, put a bow on poop, but guess what? Wow. And I wish they had kind of kept him his original. Like, I actually like the colorful DC things about DC, and yeah. they're trying to be like Marvel and go dark with everybody. Like Aquaman wears like what orange and green on yeah. his colors. Yeah. Get that. Cool. Get him an orange shirt and some green tights. Yeah, he looks like. Looks like a. Well, see, Marvel didn't go real dark in their first. Medieval. Like Iron Man was pretty lighthearted. Even Avengers well, was pretty lighthearted. But Marvel's characters are darker than DC's oh, I characters. See. I see. Like DC had really goody, goody two shoe characters, except for I Batman see. when it's the Dark Knight version. But, and so DC always tries to, like, they always want to be Marvel. And so they want their characters to kind of be uh, really deep and really, you know, conflicted. But it's like, no, your character's Superman and he's a Boy Scout. Just, <laughs> it is what it is. Let's just roll with it. That we, new we, we like him that way. Yeah. You know. Do you know enough about this Unite the Seven thing to figure out what they're trying to talk about there? Um, no. Okay. See, I don't, I, I don't know enough about it. I vaguely it. remember something about, and I, and I may be getting worlds mixed up with like seven different kingdoms or seven somethings, but I'm not sure if that's DC or. Tolkien or <laughs> yeah yeah you get into a lot of a lot of mythology there um had a fun um video phil benson posted this and um i'm i was hesitant about it because it was tvn uh but he said my minister shared this and i loved it and this this guy uh giving a description of what a pastor does and uh you know we can we can did you watch that i did i thought it was kind of cheesy i, I found it i, found I didn't it, really I, I didn't really like it i found all. it kind of annoying oh did you really? I, I, yeah I, I, it annoyed me as well and i couldn't believe that everybody liked it so much i was like that. well you know it was one of those things because we've we have this this such a business idea of, of business culture idea of what church is in america now that when he starts talking about all, all these kind of self-sacrificial programs and things like that i was like yes can we do more of that so in that in that regard i enjoyed it uh, I, I mean, again, I just kind of found that maybe cheese is a good word. Um, but you like God's Not Dead. I do like God's Not Dead. It annoyed me, I, and, I, and I can't put my finger on why it annoyed me, but it, it did annoy me. Maybe it was the TBN logo. I mean, I, Is it the fact that the guy's a knockoff Mr. Bean? No, because I like Mr. Bean. But he's a knockoff. That's what I was wondering if this guy... And I, didn't I think don't it was know. Funny. It, it, it was, was. It was almost like he was. It was like a disingenuous. I didn't. Like I understood the. He's joke. Like, he was like being a used car salesman oh, for wow. the church. Wow. Exactly. I did not get that vibe from him at all. I That's got wild. that too. Because okay, I'm fine look, with those yeah. who. Like, I mean, look, several people in there like. And this is going to sound so. sound bad, but it's like he's trying to make the church look better than it is. And the church is great, but he's trying to paint it in a better light to somebody he's on the airplane with, and like. I, well, he's British. They probably do it better there anyway. Uh, he does remind just, me of Mr. Bean. See? Now that you say that. See? That's good. I'm going to ch- channel my inner John Talley and try not, oh, to, come on. And try not was... to offend the uh, <laughs> entire... Uh, Everything is cooler in Britain. Maybe that's what I should have said. Uh, uh, and I'll remain silent. The image... Oh, I, the image wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a Sherlock wait a minute. is better there. Have you ever been to Britain? Okay. Every everything is better in Britain. Look at look at their music. Led Zeppelin played southern music. Um, come on, where where did, where did the whole blues the rock part, stuff I'm birth from? Playing the oh, part of Britain. Chase. The Chase best, is not here. The best heard. thing Britain, Britain ever did was America. <laughs> wow. 
speaking of Mary, it's been nice. Speaking of America, uh, did you guys see the video Chris Atwood posted of the guy that was also seeing at 50 miles an hour at the side? Did you watch that? I did watch that. Does anybody want to try that? I do. I do. Uh, Let me tell you something. That right there is a um, that is right there is a uh, Chris and Alex from the Hall of Dogma. They're members now. That is a Chris and Alex move. It's going to happen all the way. David um, was just showing me this to make sure this got put into the the, the discussion today. Um, the Hall of Dogma Church's own Joshua Dean, uh, who congratulations to the Dean family on a, yeah. on a new arrival. Um, Joshua will join us in the studio uh, one day soon. Yep. Uh, seen on Reddit today with the caption, IT guys haven't changed since the 1940s. Um, <laughs> Did you see for that? some reason, <laughs> I thought of a few guys who frequent the Hall. Um, this guy's... <laughs> Eyebrows are thicker than my beard. Um, I don't right. know. Aaron Disney, who, by the way, um, I guess Aaron's new to the hall. Yeah, you're real. So yeah. welcome, welcome, That's Aaron, right. to the hall. I love had a couple of new members this week. I love the uh, Aaron Disney. That just, that just and they're jumping right in too. But he I said, he said, in only seventy five years, IT guys have developed, developed eyes below their eyebrows. Thank you, evolution. Well, that was awesome. That was, that was awesome. Yeah, this post, I wanted to argue with it, and then I went to. Um, where I work, where it's a lot of IT folks, and that's went. Yeah, never mind. All right, uh, there's a reason why y'all are in cubicles out of sight from the. <laughs> wow. Let's just say that. All right, to close this out, I got a couple more. Um, this just got posted in the hall as we were starting the show. Uh, Chris Atwood was giving us an update on um, some some. It's award season for movies, and uh, Saving Christmas pulled four awards this award season um, for its uh, showing. At the Razzies. And so, uh, for those of you who don't know, the Razzies basically celebrate all things awful in entertainment, and Saving Christmas took home four awards. How did God's Not Dead do? That's what. That's the same question. <laughs> did it? They didn't. I, I didn't. I didn't actually look at that. I just. I thought it was funny that they. I was just trying to say before. Christmas. Uh, before. Emmanuel. You were just trying to jump in there for it. By the um, way, I, somebody posted in the hall a list of the best 15 Christian music uh, movies on Netflix. So it's funny. Hold and, on. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll, well, I was going to say, that was my next one. And so okay. I'm going to read off the name of these movies. And I want to get a show of the hands in the in the hall, in the the room who's actually heard of these 15 well, movies. Well, we might should actually say, ah, since it's a, you know not a video podcast. <laughs> right. I was going to I was going to relate it to the audience oh, okay. out of the four of us. Okay. All so, right. So you just want to know if we've heard of them. That's it. <laughs> I, we'll, we'll all yeah, raise even, our hands and then we'll show watch. everybody my new pet hamster that I got. <laughs> there you go. He's really cute. Um all right. So number 15, uh this is and this is the top 15 Christian movies on Netflix. Uh Veggie Tales the Pirates who don't do anything. Not seen it. Heard of it? Just heard of it. I mean, I'm going with heard of it. I've, I've heard it. of VeggieTales. I've heard of I've it. I've heard of that one. I actually love that title. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. We don't, we don't do a lot of VeggieTales in my house anymore. That's good because you're a Christian man. That's why. <laughs> they get over it. Ooh, they marketed that very well when it came out. We uh, did VeggieTales for a while, but we we don't really. Do okay, so that one's got three. I, out of I four. don't know how where is my hairbrush is going to lead kids to the gospel, but go ahead. <laughs> They can't get God's Not Dead out of the DVD player at his house, so that's that's also a good point. <laughs> when they got, when they bought that movie, David Super glued it shut. All right, WWJD two, The Woodcarver. Never heard of one. <laughs> Thank no. you very much. Anybody? Nope. All right, I'm over two. Beware of Christians. Uh, wait, is that the one where the the people go around the world? 
Um, I think I've heard of that. And interview other people about what they think about Christians. Uh, I'll read you the, the premise. Will, Michael, Alex, and Matt are Christian college students who are trying to figure out what God wants them to do, and they're exploring what it means to be followers of Christ. They go to Europe and experience a faith journey that only yes, God can Yes, I've lead. heard of that one. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, once I read the description, why, I actually— Why do they have to go to Europe to do it? Everything's cooler there. A lot of heathens in Europe. Says the person who hasn't been there. Actually, disclaimer, I actually like Europe. Went to London a couple of years ago and loved it. Plan on coming back. So Don't judge me. I want to go. Although there's All more right. heathens in America, I'm just saying. There's heathens in Europe. So we got three out of four on that one? But they're not, pre- they're, they're not pretentious about their heathen That's They have a cooler accent. They uh, Absolutely. I would, I would uh, pay for a British accent. Uh, I wouldn't. I love the British accent. Uh, now, a, a Scottish accent? Possibly. Okay. That's interesting. All right. Ireland. This one awesome. should be easy, The Passion of the Christ. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, oddly Which enough, I, was I, number 12. I know. I consider that to be the best Christian movie of all time. Um, How many times you watched it? Not counting Discipleship Weekends, we may or may uh, not be on where it's shown. <laughs> three. Okay. That's Maybe. just not a Friday night, hey, no, let's grab not, some popcorn and watch Passion of the Christ. Very limited replay value. Yeah, I mean. But very well done. Oh, I absolutely agree. It's just not great a great acting. Okay, I'll admit it. Every Good Friday, I've seen it ever since I got it on DVD. And, and, and I'm okay with watching it once. I would put that in the same category. My wife puts uh, Tom Hanks. Um, oh, Sleepless in Seattle. No, the, no, the okay, one where he's on the island by himself. Castaway. Castaway. My wife like watched that one time. She'll never watch it again. She said one time was that was yeah. <laughs> Some movies are like that. They are. They are. Yeah. So. Well said. Wow. Uh, the so. fifth quarter. Nope. Nope. Nope, nope, the, nope. the what? The fifth quarter. There you go. We haven't heard of it. I've heard of the fifth quarter, but I've not. <laughs> High school football player. They did a movie Brandis. about a club in Birmingham where you could go drink beer and watch football. Wow. That's the French quarter. Not the oh, that's quarter. the French quarter. That's right. Okay. What if? <laughs> it's from nope. 2010. Ben Walker played by Kevin Sorbo. I have, I have heard of what if. Yes. All right. Oh, my wife loves that movie. Yeah. By the way, it was a good movie. His, okay. wife, told, his wife told me to, go, to watch it, so I will watch that one. All right, David. Nope. All right, got two out of four on that one. Um, arranged. Nope. Oh wait, is that about um, uh, marriages? You're just—that's just context clues there. No, I think I actually have heard of that one. I've not seen it. No, I think I actually have heard of it. Is it like a documentary on um, first-year teachers in Brooklyn, Rochelle, and Nasira? Uh, apologies. Soon realize that they carry religious beliefs quite different from all their other teachers. Uh, no, Rochelle's I haven't, I haven't okay. Heard of it. No. Uh, the Book of Daniel. Yep, it's in my queue. Really? Yeah. What made you put that in your queue? If you don't, it just. And I, like I said, I don't know anything about the movie. It just looks well done from the little pictures they show of it. Okay, it looks like somebody knew what they were doing behind the camera. Oh, cool. Okay, so it could be horrible, but I, I, look with the main. The, the cinematography looks good, so I'll. Okay, I'll, I'll probably. I'll look. I I haven't heard a lot of these, so uh, the letter writer. Nope. All right. Old Man Passes Prime has written letters for a long time and sends one to a teenager. Uh, the high school rock star finds herself on a journey that will change her life. Nothing. Here's the ironic thing. There's always a journey. Here, here's the ironic thing. Life. If I was yeah. on Netflix and there was a category called Christian movies, I probably wouldn't watch much off of it. Yeah. Uh, what about Camp? <laughs> and you shouldn't. Nope. Never heard of that one. No. Nope. Nothing. All right. Uh, October Baby. No. Uh, yes, heard of that. That's uh, I've heard of it. I don't yeah, I've heard of that. I've one. heard of it, but I actually I know some people at the Hall of Dogma Church that like that movie. I haven't seen it, but I've heard it's okay. good from them. I vaguely remember it. I think, but I don't know. I think it's it's about abortion. Yeah, not not like it's, it's something along that line. Okay, 
Um, the last ounce of courage. Nope. Nope. Nothing. No. All right. Unconditional. No. 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 I don't think so. All right. The encounter. I have that in the queue. Okay. And and uh, and it's like it seems like a movie that I would like, but then the I, the more I read the, the description, it just the more it seems stupid. It's like people are in a diner. Oh, you can read it. Yeah, I'm reading it right now. Five strangers are forced to take shelter in a remote last chance diner. Oh, this is hurting me already. Yeah. And soon realize that the owner of the eatery is omniscient. Although none of the five strangers have met the owner, he knows everything about their lives. His name is Jesus. Really? And he wants to make a difference in their lives. And see that? that oh, boy. See, I, I like the idea. I love movies where there's strangers trapped in a place and there's something going to happen to them. I like those kind of movies. But then, like, All right, the, really, the last chance diner. The moment you said that about... Um, being trapped in a diner, my mind went to uh, Maximum Overdrive. Awesome Stephen that, King. That movie wow. where all Curtis, the... Curtis, are you dead? Yeah. So this is how I know I'm, I'm a little nervous about it. Remember Jackie Velasquez? Nope. The Christian singer? Mm-hmm. All right. She's one of the actresses in it. So anyway, and number, number one, this causes me so much physical pain t- to say. Uh, he did sweep at the Razzies or had a good showing. Uh, Fireproof starring one Mr. Which Kirk I actually, Cameron. that's a good movie. I like that movie. Now, here's the thing. It is not well done, but I liked Fireproof. Did it, was, it was cheesy, but I, you know, I thought I would hate it. My wife made me watch it. Um, there's a difference between well done and me liking it. I, see, not for me. I, I, like, I liked it. I'm okay with stuff not being well done as long as you don't try to make me think it actually is well done. Like don't don't throw don't throw a cross on crap and, and try to tell me that it's Oscar worthy. <laughs> but I, I like I don't like fire. Wow, that's true. Though. There are so many good titles today. We we've got to have a manual on more if it's not just for the titles. What did you like about it, David? Uh, what I like about the movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I had had a good message. I thought. I mean, it, it was cheesy. I thought I thought the the whole thing about her not realizing who was actually paying for her mom's stuff. That was all. It was all kind of like uh, uh, that. That just a little bit. Real, I was thinking about. I was thinking stuff, about but, divorcing you, but since you paid for my mom's stuff, yeah, I, I'm not. But I mean, I I, I still think all romantic was, all romantic movies have a, a certain message. amount of cheese to them, so you can't really. Um, you know. It has some funny stuff, like the whole scene with the old people next door who kept like would always see him freak out and would just staring at him. Yeah, that was a little comic. I just thought that was funny. I will tell you this: if Sham Wow could put together a, a ninety-minute movie to to prop up the way they propped up that book with that movie, though, <laughs> yeah, there you what? go. There's a book for Sham. There's a book for Sham Wow. No, there's a book for Fireproof, and that oh. it more or less because I love Sham Wow. It, it felt to me the first time I saw it. You know, most like, of those Christian movies have like a, a lot of those that are done by that church. But which Georgia came? Which comes the, first, the book or the movie? And that's. The movie, and then they do a Bible study off of it. Well, see, I think Fireproof. But the movie had a book in it. Wasn't it? Fireproof was a book first, I thought. I I I think it was. See, to me, and I haven't watched the movie yet. An an accompanying book that, you know, was supposed to get you to do the the love dare. Um, Oh, that's the book. For for 40 days. That was helpful to some people. Yeah, I'm not against the love dare. That's what I'm saying. It's a good message. To me, in the trailer, that wife is written like the girlfriend and God is not dead. And that there's just no way. To, and so that kind of harsh, seemingly just shallow 
irreconcilable. I don't know. It's just, actually, I actually I, thought that highlighting that he had a porn pornography problem was also beneficial because it kind of brought that issue to light. He had a pornography problem? Yeah. I actually liked the wife in that movie more than I liked the husband. Really? <laughs> yeah, he was Kirk trying to Cameron. do the right thing. He just annoyed me. You and Nick me. will get along. <laughs> Y'all hate yeah, me and, me and Kirk are not. All right. Well, we also had some, uh, before we get out of here, some feedback on Twitter this week. Uh, so thanks to everyone who tweeted at us, at the Old Paths Ghost, who used to be the at Old Paths God, um, but uh, he's changed uh, Twitter names there. He said, love the conversation about Fifty Shades. When we, idolize, when we idolize sex, no amount of sex will satisfy us, which I actually think so. Did somebody say that? No, he was just saying he was giving uh, us feedback. That's what he was saying. Um, say that comment again. See, I don't. If you idolize sex, no amount of sex will uh, will satisfy. I, I actually, I mean, any idol though, huh, like that. Yeah. I just don't if know. You have an I, I just idol, don't know if the book is doing that. But I hadn't read it, so I don't know. Or the movie, I don't. It, oh, is making sex out to be an idol? No, I, I think sex is already an idol. Even if you're a Christian, it's an idol. Especially if you're a married Christian, it's definitely an idol. Oh, well, if you're a married man. If you're a married woman, you don't have that problem. Elijah T. Uh, with two eyes said um, he invited Chase. Hey, Chase, you want to come on? Just at, in case my wife listens, I'm not stepping into that. At live Christianly my wife and reveal live, your dog story. Live. Oh, yeah, you're right. Live Christianly. Right, I thought this all, wait, is spelled the same. Context. Live and live. Live Christianly. That's what I was. I thought it live Christianly. Live Christianly. Live is a noun. Christian is a noun. You need it a could verb. be Christianly live. That doesn't make sense either. All right. He invited Chase to come on and share Christian the dog Lee story. Christianly is an adverb. It has to modify a verb. I'm trying to figure out, Elijah, if you're trying to. He's, he's trying to give Chase an open forum to come and reveal the dog story. Hey, I know the dog story. Y'all want me to tell you the dog no, story? No, we don't, John. Um, so. at let there be. We had a couple of comments, uh, Emmanuel, about your. I'm sorry. I apologize ahead of time. <laughs> so first, at Funky Stick Man. It was late. Episode 38. Here's the quote <laughs> from late. the general. We want marriage to be sacred, but we let Britney Spears get married. At Funky Stick Man said, I'm submitting this for quote of the year. And at Let There Be Movie says, the general has convinced me to make it illegal for Britney Spears to get married. <laughs> so, <laughs> Not the intent that I was going for. Great line there. Um, the uh, at... Uh, at Michael, at R. Michael Woodard. So he posted, he retweeted this. Uh, so there's this whole, these these parody accounts on Twitter. They get after the uh, fundamentalist preachers, the uh, old school KJV only, um, you know, must wear a suit to preach. What's wrong with that? Guys. These guys that just, you know, say, you know, they are just fundamentalist old paths is what they call them. The old paths are the only paths kind of deal. And so one of the guys had posted a, a, a selfie of himself doing a devotion on vacation. And and uh, so Woodard tweeted that to us and said, maybe we should, uh, all the guys on the Gospel Friends should do, post their own devotion selfies. Like, so, you know. My but, devotion selfies would leave the Hall of Dogma in horror. <laughs> do you do your that. devotion, do you do your devotion during your bathroom time or something? No. Oh, okay. I just I mix things that people don't think should be mixed. You drink a drink a Guinness while you're doing your devotion, among other things. Well, if you're supposed to keep, if you're supposed to pray at all times and read the Word continually, then you know <clears throat> that might happen. You know, my sermon prep is the same way. Uh, at the real underscore Drew H 
Drew H. let us know this week that the Hall of Justice, which is uh, the logo on Twitter, was actually inspired by Cincinnati's very own Union Terminal. Posted a picture of that, and sure enough, looked exactly the same. At Pastor Nick, Nick Johnson. This was a funny uh, inner. This is a funny interaction. He tweeted at us and said, I'm introducing my wife to the gospel friends on our long drive back to Mexico. Oh, you, man. I'm not sure she's impressed yet. And so um, I actually uh, tweeted. Did she start from the front? If she started from the first shows, then she won't be impressed. I don't know no, where. No offense. That's okay. Well, you, you didn't like the front. You only gave us four stars. Yeah. What would you give us today? I would be kind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it depends on what, what day of the week it is. But if he's on the show or not. And whether, well, yeah, he does five-star the ones. So I tweeted him back and said, hey, look, we're an acquired taste. Maybe if you'd had a longer trip, she would have liked us. But but he let me know. He said, false alarm. We listened to two more episodes during day three of our drive, and now she's hooked. So it, it turned out well. He He said particularly that the way he did it was he let her listen to episode nine, which you can't go wrong with. And so I had to go look that up. But episode nine is uh, Star Wars. Um, <laughs> is that the one? Yeah. Okay. I told uh, a, I told a pretty good story on Star work. Wars. Yeah, and also we had the Batman Batman versus Shakespeare game, which uh, people seem to generally like. Yeah. Uh, let's do just a couple more, and then we're going to get out of here for this week. Um, Tony Staley asked me where you find the uh, where I found the um, the stats that only that say fifty percent of Christian marriages end in divorce is wrong. So I made the comment last episode that people like to say fifty percent of all Christian marriages end in divorce, fifty percent of marriages period in divorce, but that's not correct. Uh, I sent him a, a Christianity Today article that talks about it, but really they're all out there on uh, you know, on, yeah. on, just go Google it and you can find lots of stories yeah, the, that kind of debunk the, that stat. Well the problem is everybody says they're a Christian. Like in Alabama, like what, ninety percent of people claim to be Christian, mm-hmm. which you know that's impossible. But when you narrow the definition down to people who actually go to church and read their Bible uh, and give money to the church, those kind of Christians, the divorce rate is way lower. Well, and yeah, and it's there's actually some stats out there that say that those who 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 really truly are following Christ and and reveal you know show that actually um, they're they have a much lower rate of divorce. So. Uh, but but I, I did post that out there. I am glad he interacted with us. I always like when people ask questions about things that we say on the show and um, and follow ups. And uh, a lot of times, um, you know, we try to post some of those links we talk about. But that was just a comment that we we, we threw out there. So, but uh, anyway, uh, hit us up on Twitter as always at my gospel friends. We enjoy hearing from everyone out there, and also in the Hall of Dogma, um, guys, uh, John. We appreciate you joining us today. Thank you for having me. Also, and uh, appreciate the general as always. Any closing comments from any of you guys as we get ready to shut down episode thirty nine? Go see Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> oh my! This comment by the general is not endorsed by the Gospel <laughs> Friends Corporation. No, actually, look on Netflix for a documentary called Happy. It's not a quote unquote Christian movie, but Christians will get a lot out of it. Not to be confused with Happy Feet. So, right. so two oh movie recommendations. Also, if you haven't heard of God's Not Dead, I would oh like to. All right. So David mentioned Twitter and all of Dogma. Oh, goodness. We had to stop that. Um, no offense to Kevin Sorbo. Um, and who else was in that movie? Was anybody else in that movie? 
Anyway, um, you also got... Newsboys. <laughs> Newsboys. They were, weren't they? Which version, though? 2.0, 3.0, 7.0? I, I don't listen to them, so I don't know what version they're on. It was the DC Talk meets Newsboys, I think. But um, uh, God's not dead. Please, please, you know, please correspond with us. Send us some feedback on this week's show. Um, you've also got the voicemail, 205-575-9735, or the SpeakPipe. I actually didn't realize I didn't get the URL out earlier. SpeakPipe.com slash the Gospel Friends. Um, also, thanks to Sean Lombard, who has provided uh, graciously the intro music for the episodes. And um, Jeff Hendricks, actually, at Funky Stick Man, who uh, made the outro for us. A um, little remix of Jesus is a Friend of Mine which is also going to be a ringtone for me. Um, that's it for this show, so tune in next week when you may hear David say, Hey, Chase, come over here by the balcony rail and look at this fish. Push. You're, you're, you're a mean, mean man. about i'll take my belt off before every podcast why well it started off as like a comfort thing because it's just uncomfortable sitting there the whole time on my belt but then it became a mojo thing it's that old kind of that football commercial from last year year before it's only crazy if it doesn't work so i have to take off my belt before every did you have podcast. your belt on this week when we recorded remotely um, no, i think i was just wearing a pair of shorts okay hey are we recording? Oh, yeah. Okay. It's good to know. Delicious. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Three. I wonder what will be the after show. Yeah, I wonder what's going to show up there. Brought to you this week by... That was just my trial run. Just seeing if everybody's in the mood. Here we go. <laughs>